This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome into the Go Vols 247 podcast, a breaking news edition. I am Ben McKee. I am not Wes Rucker. Wes is a little under the weather, so pinch hitting for him on this breaking news edition of the pod and joined by Ryan Callahan because Ryan Tennessee's picked up an important transfer on the market. They have a wide receiver Dante Thornton of Oregon announced Monday that he is committed to Tennessee. He took an official visit to Knoxville over the weekend, was in town uh, from Friday through Sunday. And that was a visit that was talked about for weeks before it happened. Tennessee was a a pretty quickly uh, a contender for him once he entered the transfer portal last month. And and this is a big pickup. If you're not familiar with Dante Thornton, he's not a guy who's been uh, a full-time starter at Oregon to this point in his first two years of his college career. We'll get into that uh, a little more in a minute, but uh, he he was a top 100 prospect nationally coming out of high school in Maryland and, uh, and, and was on Tennessee's radar, actually, with the former staff at one point while he was committed to Penn State. Uh, Tennessee didn't end up being a major factor in his final decision coming out of high school. But when I saw his name you know, pop up on the radar last month, knowing his background, knowing where he was from and, and that Tennessee was interested in a receiver, I kind of immediately thought that's when that would make some sense, uh, especially given that he, he hadn't really – uh, got gotten a chance to be a full-time starter yet in college. And, and sure enough, it turned out that he was interested in playing in the SEC and, and that Tennessee was a, was a real fit. So uh, good sized kid around, you know, at, at least a verified six foot four. He's listed in some places at six foot five uh, and close to 200 pounds. Uh, and, and Ben, I'll, I'll ask you about that in a minute, because I, I know you uh, got, got a chance to to speak with him this weekend, but uh, an impressive kid that I think has a, has a pretty high ceiling and, and certainly is one widely viewed as one of the top wide receivers available in the transfer portal this uh, this 2023 cycle. So big, big pickup here for Tennessee and certainly addresses a, a major need that we knew they were going to have to uh, fill at some point and, and for Tennessee to get a guy like this uh, and beat out some good competition. You know, it was really Miami, uh, Auburn, and, and he also took a visit this week to, to Arkansas. So th- those were kind of the main contenders. So you beat out some good good competition for a guy that's obviously got the the pedigree of a former big time prospect uh, and certainly the talent to, to really give Tennessee a playmaker in this offense. Yeah. There's several different talking points when it comes to Dante Thornton and in terms of why he picked Tennessee and uh, potentially what he is going to bring to the table, but to, to hit on what you brought up in terms of the specific position that he's going to play at wide receiver while he's here at Tennessee, it's fascinating because he's six foot five and 199 pounds, and and that's probably generous if we're being uh, honest. He he reminds me of Justin Hunter as a freshman, just, just a very tall athlete who is very very skinny uh, and, and could probably use 
uh, another 10 to 15 pounds of, of muscle, but uh, he's six foot five and you would not view him as a traditional slot receiver. But when we asked him at the airport on Sunday, kind of how Tennessee views him as a receiver, he said as an inside receiver and as an outside receiver that they, they love his versatility. And that is one of the reasons that they wanted to bring him into this offense is because they can play him uh, on the inside and, and out on the perimeter. And it's, it's going to be a, a sight to see because you don't really see six foot five receivers in the slot, Ryan. Yeah, that, that's what I was wondering about. If, if, if sort of the, he passed the eyeball test there with that measurement, I, he was a, he was definitely a taller, lankier kid coming out of high school. Two years in a weight room, and interesting to hear that he still might need to to add a little more weight there, but but not not shocking Randy knowing Moss. kind of what is Randy been. Moss, fellas, Randy Moss. <laughs> um, so so yeah, the uh, I, I I like the I like the build there uh, for sure, and I, I think that opens up some possibilities too when when he does you know line up in a position for Tennessee to, you know, maybe throw him a jump ball in the, in the end zone or something like that. Uh, it certainly gives you an advantage there with the height, but, uh, you know, talking with Matt Prem from our, our Oregon side, who does a great job out there. He, you know, he, he, he made it sound like he's Thornton's a really, really fast guy too, that when he really gets going in open field, that he's got the speed to be a slot guy. So, so he kind of said, Hey, that, that wouldn't shock me. He did. He said he didn't do a lot of that at Oregon, but that was not his primary position, but that he did maybe line up there in, in some situations. Uh, primarily an outside guy there, uh, but but he said he does have the skill set to to maybe be effective there, uh, and he wouldn't be surprised. Uh, ta- talking with him, I mean this this sounds like a, a, an addition that I, I know people are looking at Tennessee's wide receiver situation and thinking, okay, they did well in the bowl game without Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. That was kind of a preview of what they're going to have coming back next year. You're going to have Brew McCoy back. You've got Squirrel White, who looks like he's kind of ready made to play more in the slot going into next year. And you've got Ramel Keaton, who who had to fill in a lot this year and looks more than capable of starting outside. You know, why why are they going for another guy like this at wide receiver? And if even if they do get a guy like Thornton, you know, some people asked us, is he definitely going to be a starter? Talking with Matt Prim about him, I mean, first of all, I I think there's a very good chance uh, Dante Thornton is a day one starter for Tennessee. I, I don't think they would be going after a guy like this if they didn't think that about him. Um, obviously, he's going to go have to go earn it. Um, he's got two years of eligibility left, so you know. It, if he doesn't earn it, uh, I don't think the staff would have a problem, you know, making him play a rotational role. But I, I'll be shocked if he doesn't play a lot. And honestly, I'll be very surprised if he's not a day one starter because I think he is just that kind of talent that's going to be hard to keep off the field. But from hearing the description of him, he was seen as a guy at Oregon that just, you know, should have been a starter this year, frankly, but just didn't have a great camp. Uh, and then kind of the, the light maybe started to come on a little bit toward the end of the season, had a big game toward the end of the regular season. And that this is a guy that's, you know, the arrow is still pointing up on him. And, and Matt Prem kind of said, you know, when we're looking back at the end of the season next year, it, it won't shock me at all if, if we're seeing him on some lists of, of the top, you know, top impact transfers uh, from across the country in the 2023 season. So he's certainly uh, the, the type of player, has, again, has the type of pedigree that, that it won't shock me at all if he's, you know, potentially even Tennessee's leading receiver. I think he's got that kind of upside. Uh, next year to to be you know a major major playmaker in this offense especially with that kind of speed and that kind of size um, but it's just going to depend on how how good he is you know uh, how much Tennessee can count on him because they at least do have a few other veteran options it's a good situation but this certainly gives Tennessee a lot more competition and a lot more options at that spot it, it certainly does and look I'll, I'll believe it when I see it in terms of watching Dante Thornton play a majority of the snaps in the slot 
Uh, I, I know Tennessee likes to cross train their receivers and they want receivers that are versatile, but we still really haven't seen receivers move inside and out uh, a ton. Uh, they they have guys who have been able to do it, but for the most part, guys have, have stayed within their roles. Uh, and also on top of that, I mean, look what Square White did against Vanderbilt and against Clemson, the final two games of the season and uh, the amount of targets that he received in, in both games. It's it's hard to imagine someone unseating Squirrel in the slot uh, unless an injury pops up. So uh, we'll come back around to, to maybe where Thornton will, will slide into the depth chart once he arrives. I want to talk about his decision to pick Tennessee. But uh, before we get into that, Ryan, I, I do want to point out that he is already one of my favorite 2023 Tennessee football players already. He, he hasn't even arrived on campus yet. He hasn't gone through a practice, hasn't even gone through a workout, Ryan. I can't but wait to hear why. This is interesting. I saw him at the airport, as I mentioned. Met, met him at the airport, talked to him about his visit, ambushed him, as we as we geeks do uh, on these recruiting visits. And he had this big diamond necklace that said Big Mac. And before I was going to start yes. asking him my questions, I asked him, I said, "What what does that mean? Why 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 do you have a chain that says Big Mac?" And he said that the Mac part stands for Murder All Corners. And from that <laughs> moment on, I have loved Dante Thornton, and that's the type of mentality that this Tennessee uh, football team needs to continue to uh, adapt. And, and that's that uh, Jawan Jennings type of dog in them. And and it, it seems like he does kind of have that personality to where. He's not going to shy away from the moment. He talked to me about how important and, and how excited he was to play in the SEC uh, because that is the best conference in in college football. And uh, based off of him wearing a big Mac diamond chain and the Mac standing for murder all corners, uh, I think Tennessee fans are going to fall in love with this guy at some point. Yeah, that that sounds like it. I, I see. I I I talked with him a little bit when he was coming out of high school. He did visit Tennessee, as I mentioned. I think his junior year or going into his junior year under Jeremy Pruitt, uh, Tennessee didn't kind of hang around in that one for for too too long. But uh, but didn't get a chance to 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 know him a whole lot then. But that's uh, that that's that's pretty fascinating uh, and, and not surprising uh, that that he's got some personality like that from what I've heard. It, it did sound like he had. Uh, on the on the maturity side, it'll be interesting because a lot of times with these transfers, you don't always know exactly what you're getting. If you're one of these schools, you know, wondering, especially if it's a guy who hasn't played up to his potential, are you getting a guy who's who's going to come in with his with his head down and and work hard the way you want him to from day one, or or is it is he going to expect some things to be sort of handed to him? You know, what 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 are you getting attitude wise? And it does sound like he had a moment or two last season where. He had a couple tweets, maybe a little bit disgruntled about his role, that kind of thing. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But it's a guy two years into his college career who knows he's going to have to come in and, and compete um, based on where he's been and, and where he's coming into. He knows there's talent on Tennessee's roster. He knows they have other other guys who played this year uh, that he's got to come in and unseat. So uh, I, I don't I don't mind that. You know, I think I think you can certainly deal with that. And, and he's de- he's developed a good relationship with with Kelsey Pope, Tennessee's wide receivers coach already. So I think they. Uh, certainly have a good feel for what they're getting in Dante Thornton, but definitely uh, uh, a guy that has some has some personality. And uh, as you said, sounds like Tennessee fans will will enjoy that, especially if he is as productive as I think he can be. So, uh, no, I I really like this pickup for Tennessee. I, I think there were a couple other options in the transfer portal that they looked into 
last month. Uh, you know, Rara Thomas from Mississippi State that ended up at Georgia uh, was an interesting name that would have would have been a good fit, I think, also, and, and was productive in the SEC. And when you look at the production, Thornton is maybe the least proven of these guys, but I think he also has as high of a ceiling as any of them, if you can get him there. So I, I really like that they got a guy that still has a couple years of eligibility left. Um, so it doesn't have to be a one and done kind of situation. It's not someone just looking to come in on his final year of eligibility and and, and get some get some catches and, and get out the door. You might get two years out of him, uh, and then you know, kind of like Brew McCoy. And then also on top of that, it's a guy who hasn't reached his full potential yet and still needs to prove himself. So you're going to get a pretty driven guy who who wants to take full advantage of this opportunity, who's eager to get into a new offense that will get in the ball as much as he thinks he should be getting it. Cause let's face it. That's why a lot of these guys are in the transfer portal because they, they want more balls thrown their way and things like that. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot to like about this. And, and again, I just think he has a, you know, maybe a little bit higher ceiling even than a couple of these other guys that Tennessee was involved with. So it seemed like Tennessee pretty quickly last month set its sights on Thornton as a guy that even if they had a chance to take another receiver in the transfer portal, they would have been a little bit hesitant to pass up on the chance to get Dante Thornton and didn't want to close that door. So it it seems like a good fit on both sides, but we'll see how it works out. But again, I I think this has the potential to work out really well. And if, if it hits, you know, he might be one of Tennessee's best offensive players next season. It's got that kind of potential for sure. Well, and you have to trust Josh Heupel. I mean, he's, he's going to bring in somebody that he feels is going to leave their mark and and certainly have an impact and, and be productive within this offense. They, they, they were very picky. They've been very picky this transfer cycle. Uh, and there have been some some big-time receivers in the SEC, not speaking about Ra-Ra Thomas. I do believe Tennessee legitimately wanted Ra-Ra, but there's been some other SEC receivers that have hit the portal that I, I don't think that Tennessee was as high on him or on them as maybe people realize. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they've been very selective, and if they're going to bring in Dante Thornton, then – they they certainly believe he is going to be a good one. Going back to the maturity aspect of it, Ryan, Tennessee's reached the point now, even though it's going in, into year three under Coach Eiffel, of, of where it, it can take a chance on a guy here or there that, that maybe has questionable maturity. And and I look, mm-hmm. I'm not at all saying I'm not at all saying that Dante Thornton uh is gonna be a problem. I, I have no idea how he is as a person or, or anything, but uh, just in terms of some tweets here and there while, while he was at Oregon, Tennessee's established a culture to where Dante Thornton needs Tennessee more than Tennessee needs Dante Thornton. You have Squirrel White, you have Brew McCoy, you have Ramel Keaton, you have some, some freshmen that will hopefully take a, a sophomore leap. Dante Thornton needs Tennessee. Tennessee does not need him Per se, it would be nice. Obviously, that's why they're bringing him in. They're hoping he can be a trade deadline type of acquisition. But we've reached that point of the Josh Heupel era, and we've seen Tony Vitello be able to be successful in this. We've seen Rick Barnes as well be successful in this. Of once you've established your culture, nobody's going to come in and and wreck that culture. They're either going to get with the program or they're going to get lost, as you saw with the Clemson running back who came in. Uh, during fall camp, who I've already deleted his name from my memory bank. <laughs> Lynn J. Um, Dixon. Thank you, Lynn J. Dixon. So that that's kind of, I'm not speaking to whether or not Dante Thornton has maturity issues. I'm speaking to the fact that if he does, and maybe does need to to 
to do some maturing, he's going to be entering a situation where Josh Heupel, Joey Halsley, Kelsey Pope, uh, returning receivers, Joe Milton, they're going to be able to to help him take that step. And that should not be a problem here whatsoever because of the culture that has already been established. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and I'll say this, and again, I, I don't mean to throw out there that it's even a question that this guy might have an attitude problem or anything like that. I, I don't, I've, I've heard nothing that would suggest Dante Thornton's going to be a, a problem or that he's a, that there's a red flag there. You know, again, he's a, he's a college kid who was maybe frustrated for a minute last season and had a, had a tweet, you know, maybe suggesting he, he should get more balls thrown his way or, or whatever. I, I don't even know how he worded it. I just kind of heard that reference in passing uh, and talking with some people about him last year at Oregon. So uh, I, I don't think that's a big deal at all. And we see worse than that, you know, among current players uh, that, are, that are staying at their schools all the time. So I definitely don't think people should read too much into that. And, and I wasn't suggesting that he is a, a, a risk in that regard, but, that that is a good point that Tennessee does have, I think, a, a solid culture to to build on. But I would also say Tennessee has vetted him pretty well too, as as much as you can in these kind of speed dating type relationships that you have in the transfer portal. I mean, it really is it's so different from when you're recruiting a player for a year or a year and a half or two years in a lot of cases, and then you sign them after getting to really know them over a long period of time. This is you know, Dante Thornton, this is a pretty long recruitment by transfer portal standards. He was in the portal for, you know, several weeks <laughs> and still it's a very short time, relatively speaking. But Tennessee, I think, has gotten to know him as well as you can. They got to host him on an official visit for an entire weekend. They, they, When you spend that much time around a guy, you do get a much better feel on those official visits. I think those visits are important. There have been kids who have kind of not disqualified themselves, but made it easier for teams to just kind of say, eh. We don't have to have him, but by the way, they've acted on official visits, so you do kind of get to vet them there. So I, I think Tennessee knows what it's getting and feels comfortable there, but you're right. They do have the right pieces in place and the right culture already kind of established to be able to to, to help a guy like that if he needs to settle in and say, hey, you got to get to work here. We, we don't have time for any of that stuff. But again, if a guy like that comes in and, and catches enough balls, I, I don't think he's going to be a problem at all, and, and I'll be surprised if he is. So. I, I don't see much risk there from from anything I've heard, and I think this will be a, a a potentially really nice pickup for Tennessee. Dante Thornton is certainly a significant pickup, and we have plenty more to discuss about his addition, exactly why he picked Tennessee and, and how he can fit into Tennessee's offense next season. But first, we need to go pay some bills, and we'll be right back after we do pay some bills here on the Go Balls 247 podcast. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Balls 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee, not Wes Rucker, who is sick and under the weather, filling in on this breaking news pod with Ryan Callahan discussing the addition of Dante Thornton for the Vols and Josh Heupel's offense going into 2023. First, before we dive back into the conversation, do want to encourage you to go back and leave a review, give us a rate, and like us wherever you listen to your podcast we would greatly appreciate that ryan getting back into the conversation no matter how you slice it dante thornton is a big pickup for the vols but in terms of why he picked the vols you're already seeing the fruits of tennessee's labor in the sense of how much success they had with the passing game because that is what attracted dante thornton to tennessee yes there's um, there, there's an, an ability to, to quickly climb the depth chart at, at Tennessee after uh, some key players have, have moved on. But Dante Thornton, when I talked to him about it on Sunday, he was well aware of the fact that Jalen Hyatt had won a Bolitnikoff award. He was well aware of the fact that Tennessee's offense allows receivers to catch a lot of passes, and he's well aware of Joe Milton returning. And that tells you all you need you need to know. And look, I'm, I'm not stating anything that we didn't already know. And we knew that this was going to happen. But when you have an offense that produces a Blitnikoff award winner and receivers are going to catch a ton of passes, all of the receivers are going to kind of they're going to want to come play for you. And that's what you have here in Dante Thornton. Yeah, yeah. Wes has made this point uh, before on a lot of these podcasts where we talk about receiver additions that, you know, you don't worry too much about this position in Josh Heupel's offense. And and by the way, shout out to Wes today for playing his less attractive Roz, Roz Doyle um, today. If you're uh, Ben, you're not old enough to have watched Frazier, I guess, but um, that's the, <laughs> but if you, if you all could see the video version of this as well with Wes being the silent producer, you, you would, you would probably get a kick out of it, but um, anyway, it, it but sucks. Um, it sucks. This is my voice. This is why I'm not on the podcast. Y'all go on. Y'all, 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 y'all are handling this for a reason less attractive sounding and less attractive in general but uh anyway no but um uh, yeah no th- this this is a position you don't have to worry about too much and and we've even we've even seen Tennessee take you know less heralded prospects you know squirrel white to a degree was one of those a three star but it, you know even he they had to fight off uh Georgia at the end to to hold on to him but Alabama Alabama was a big fan of squirrel white if if I think I want to say he was like number two or number three on their receiver board in terms of looking at slot receivers when when Squirrel was coming out and they got their main guy. But if they don't get their main guy, Squirrel White's at, at Alabama right now, probably. Yeah. So so they they definitely have have gotten guys who were not you know top one hundred players before and had success in in this offense. But even those you know were were, were guys that other programs liked. But yeah, they've. They've shown in this offense they can find receivers that that can do what they need to do and, and produce. Um, but yeah, when you when you can uh, have the guy uh, or have a guy like Jalen Hyatt that has the kind of season he just had uh, on top of just what this offense is known for uh, on on reputation, 
this is uh, this is going to sell itself. And, and yeah, Jalen Hyatt having that kind of year, you know, backed up by, you know, we'll see what they do in the draft, but by potentially some pretty early draft picks in, in Jalen Hyatt and, and you know maybe Cedric Tillman. We'll see where he goes, but th- those two guys can certainly add to that if Tennessee can get some guys drafted pretty high this year. That, that's going to make it even easier for Kelsey Pope to continue to sell this. So. Uh, you know, it's it, you're not going to win all those battles, especially in the transfer portal. We've talked about this before, how a lot of guys, when they go in the portal, already have a good idea of where they want to go. And as you said, I think there were some names connected to Tennessee that, that maybe were not at the top of Tennessee's board all along. Uh, so so there um, there are reasons to, to, to be excited about Dante Thornton, uh, aside from uh, just how, how good he is, because this is a guy Tennessee wanted from the start, I think. But yeah, when, when you have that kind of success at that position, it's going to continue to to give you chances to go get big players like this in the portal and in high school recruiting. And so not not a surprise that that he was certainly drawn to that, and I, I think you're going to continue to see that. And also worth noting, you know, Joe Milton, I know fans might have all sorts of concerns about him and still might not be sure he can throw the, throw the deep ball consistently and all that stuff. When, when guys like Dante Thornton are in the transfer portal looking for a good quarterback situation or – uh, a good situation to go into the fact that you've got a known commodity like Joe Milton coming back that started the bowl game, started at the end of the regular season. That's sometimes a bigger plus to sell than an unknown at quarterback. You know, uh, just for instance, an Alabama with Ty Simpson or whoever's going to start there, you don't know who's going to start there. So it's hard to count on that. And some teams have that type of situation. So for Tennessee to have that known commodity, I think it has been a plus for them to sell that in recruiting, and fans might be surprised to hear that, but I think that's how a lot of these receivers might look at it, knowing that Joe Milton's a guy who started a lot of games at two different schools. And Dante spent quite a bit of time with Joe Milton during his visit over the weekend, did ask him if he spent time with receivers, any of the receivers, and he was not able to because they had not returned back to Knoxville following Christmas break yet, but but he was able to, to spend time with Joe Milton. The, the other key thing, and we've mentioned his name fairly often on this pod, but in terms of making him the center of the conversation or, or the center of a, a talking point, we, we shouldn't be mentioning it this late, Ryan, and, and that's Kelsey Pope. I mean, going into his second year, he, he's probably not as known of a commodity, commodity at this point, but he's if, if you're trying to get coached up, and you're looking for one of the best receivers coach in the country, how could you not look at Kelsey Pope despite that lack of lengthy resume? Uh, because I, I know Jalen Hyatt gets all the credit and everything, and um, in terms of the receivers catching a bunch of passes, it, it obviously gets chalked up to being a part of Josh Heupel's offense and whatnot. But Kelsey Pope played as big a role in Jalen Hyatt turning things around as Jalen Hyatt himself did. Look, Jalen Hyatt put in all the work, but he had some maturing to do as well. And Kelsey Pope helped him realize that he needed to mature and then helped him mature. And I would argue that Jalen Hyatt maturing was more important to his success this season than him catching the 10,000, 12,000 footballs on the judge machine over the course of the season. So Kelsey Pope, it's only his second season as a, a an on-field coach at this level, but I mean, he's as good of a guy to go learn from at, at that position as there is right now. And, and Dante Thornton took note of that. Dante said that he he saw the comments that Jalen Hyatt made of Kelsey Pope and how Kelsey helped Jalen become the receiver that he did this year. Uh, and he said when he got here this weekend, this past weekend, and, and he was speaking with Kelsey Pope, 
that he could tell that those comments with with Jalen were genuine and it wasn't just uh, a player speaking highly of their position coach because they're speaking to the media and they're not going to throw them under the bus so Kelsey Pope played as big a role in Tennessee landing Dante Thornton uh, as as anything we've discussed and I think that will continue because again Kelsey Pope helped produce and played a large role in Jalen Hyatt becoming a Bolitnikoff Award winner. Uh, and Dante Thornton took note of that, and he realized that Jalen was being genuine, not only this weekend on his visit when he was talking to him in person, but also over the course of the last month while Dante's been in the portal. Yeah, no no question. And I, I think you're going to continue to see Kelsey Pope get more and more of a reputation uh, as Tennessee's offense continues to put up the types of numbers it did this year and that Josh Heupel's offense has produced basically every year that he's been a coordinator or head coach. So, yeah, I, I think you're on to something there. And I think Pope is, uh, you know, again, I, I, I've thought for a while that Arrow is pointing up on on his stock as a receivers coach nationally. We'll, we'll see how long it takes for him to start you know, getting more of the credit there. But I, I thought he was uh, a massive success story for Tennessee this past season, given the the sort of chance Josh Heupel had to take to, to, to hire a guy like that, to give him his first big break. Um, but he he felt confident that it wasn't even much of a risk. And, and he's obviously, I think, been proven right so far. Uh, I, I thought he did a great job, not, not just not just with Jalen Hyatt, but with Ramel Keaton, getting him ready and, and getting him uh, to be as effective as he was this season. Some of that's a, you know, a guy just hungry probably to, to, to make the most of his remaining opportunities. But I, I give Kelsey Pope a lot of credit for, for getting him to tap into to the talent he has and, and get him to produce in a way that he hadn't up to this point in his college career. So, yeah, I, I think he has done a great job, and he's going to have a lot to sell now with uh, with that Blitnikoff Award for Hyatt and the production Tennessee had this year with uh, with Hinton Hooker and, and just that offense being uh, number one in the country. So, yeah, no doubt, and give him a lot of credit for doing a, a good job with re- recruiting Thornton. I, I think this 2024 class, you know, not, not to shift the focus to, to high school recruiting, but I think the – I think this upcoming class will give us a much better idea of Kelsey Pope as a recruiter too, because he's going to have more to sell. I think he, we didn't get to see as much of what he could do in the 2023 class because he really focused on a few big names and Tennessee had a couple of misses there with Carnell Tate and Kyler Casper, of course, but I don't think Kelsey Pope, I don't think that's an indication of what you're going to see out of him as a recruiter. And, and I won't be surprised if he gets a couple of pretty big guys in the 2024 class at that position, because again, he's going to have more to sell. He's, he's less of an unknown now. And, and I think he comes off as pretty genuine and likable and easy to relate to for these guys because he's a younger coach that always helps. And he comes off as pretty real to these guys. And the people I speak with really connect with him uh, when they get to know him for a long stretch. So I think he's going to, going to be a, you know, he, he's a potential rising star as a recruiter. We'll see how, how much better he can get and, and what kind of results he gets over the next few years. But I, I really think he's got some some serious potential to be a big time recruiter as as he continues to to get more and more results to to go out there and sell and recruiting. Final thing to discuss before we get out of here is where Dante Thornton ends up on the pecking order uh, within Tennessee's receivers room, and, and we somewhat discussed it earlier in the pod. But uh, Ryan, simply put, I I think Dante Thornton is automatically at minimum. The fourth receiver, I, I think Brew is obviously the go-to guy. He, he's going to be the number one receiver. Squirrel's going to be the the slot guy, and we'll, we'll see just how much they actually use Dante in the slot. Again, we talked about it earlier. 
Tennessee says that they like his versatility. They like that he can play inside and outside. But we'll see how much they actually use him inside at six foot five. I, I, that's kind of something that I'll, I'll have to believe uh, when I see it. And look, I'm not talking about two or three snaps a game. I'm I'm wondering, are they actually going to throw this dude at six foot five in the slot for for double digit snaps a game? Especially when you have Squirrel White, uh, another guy that Kelsey Pope really helped come along this season, and and a guy that I expect to have a big season as a sophomore. Uh, so I, I don't really think that Dante will be in the slot uh, as much as maybe the, they say they're open to it uh, at this point in time. It's early January. They're, they're going to say a bunch of things <laughs> at the moment. Um, and I don't I don't know that Squirrel's better than Dante. I don't know that Dante's better than Squirrel. But just with that role within this offense, you know Squirrel's going to get a lot of touches. Uh, and unless an injury pops up, I, I just don't see really anybody unseating Squirrel uh, from that spot. So Squirrel's firmly in the top three at the moment, in my opinion. So uh, Ryan, at worst, Dante is minimum number four. And at most, he he's the, the number two guy, I think. I, I think it comes down to, to he and Ramel Keaton. I, I think he has a little more skill than Ramel Keaton, and it's going to be up to him to, to piece things together. Uh, and, and that will be the battle uh, that determines who is going to be the receiver opposite of, of Brew McCoy. And uh, who is going to be the receiver that that has to step up if if somebody gets hurt, like we saw Ramel this year with Tillman and Brew McCoy at times? Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what I would have said. You know that that I think maybe at, at worst he's the number four, uh, and that's that's really to me if he if he has some of the same issues that that apparently caught up to him a little bit last year during camp at, at Oregon. It sounds like he had a case of the drops a little bit at times. Uh, I don't know that people should assume that he's got shaky hands based on that. Every receiver drops some passes sometimes, but you know, it sounds like at least at a bad point in the year, he didn't play well enough to beat out another guy who was performing well in camp. And that, that kind of set him back to start. So he's, I think you like that he's been in that kind of competition before and one that didn't go his way because he's probably going to have to compete right away with Ramel Keaton uh, for that job. And, and I think, you know, again, he's got the talent, to win that job and to, to play a majority of the snaps at that spot. Um, and he's got to continue to build on how he finished the season at Oregon. He was more productive toward the end of the year, made a few starts last season. I think three starts, um, if I'm not mistaken, but definitely got enough playing time to put up some big numbers in a couple games and at least show some flashes of what he can be. So, you know, his top season so far is not that impressive, not that eye popping with the numbers, but, it doesn't you don't have to squint hard to see that that he's got the potential to really have a breakout year uh, as early as this as this coming season for sure if he can uh, can continue to reach his potential so it it will be a fun competition to watch now it'll also be interesting to see if Tennessee adds a second wide receiver in the transfer portal I've heard a lot of people say uh, on the checkerboard on Go Balls 24-7 why is Tennessee considering the possibility of adding a second receiver in the transfer portal. And I'm not saying they're going to, they, they very well might not go down that road. We'll see, but I think the possibility is still out there. And in part of it, is Tennessee's not really signed a big receiver class in the 2023 class. You, you've got Nathan Leacock that I think they're really excited about who, who has already started pra- uh, practicing with the team and uh, that you, you'll get a better feel for him in spring practice, but we don't know where Cameron Seldon's going to line up. I would still bet on running back being his, uh, his where he gets his first look, and then you've got Nate Spillman. Otherwise, uh, a, a nice in-state 
player, but a, not a guy that you're expecting to contribute in, in any meaningful way, probably as a, as a true freshman. So you need some additional help there. And you've lost three guys in the transfer portal at that position already. So I think Tennessee could still use some additional bodies. And I think they're at least open to the idea of, of adding another receiver. So we'll, we'll see if they go that route, but if they don't, I, I think for sure, I, I'll be surprised if Thornton is any lower than number four in the pecking order. And, and for sure, I think has a chance to, to be a day one starter if he lives up to his potential. I also love that he gets to go through spring practice. I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you got to be excited about that, that this is not a May edition. Uh, it's not a guy who's going to have to come in this summer and learn things quickly. He gets to go through an entire spring. Tennessee got to be more active in the transfer portal in December and January this year, get some impact additions, and those guys will get to settle in for a solid seven, eight months before the season starts. So that's a, that's a big, big deal, and I think that makes the transition much smoother for a guy like Dante Thornton, who still has some things to learn and perfect, but who has the talent for sure to make a day-one impact. Tennessee's offense is certainly shaping up to be quite fun again in 2023. Going to need guys to step up, going to need guys to develop over the offseason, but it does appear that Josh Heifel and company are putting pieces in play to replicate last season's success. Ryan, appreciate your time. And uh, I think it may be a, a busy week, wouldn't you say? Uh, it's, it's it's looking that way. It's it's looking like there will be more to discuss. So uh, we might be back soon. Thanks for the, thanks for pinch hitting, Ben. Great great work. Just trying to be like what? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> reminder: go like, rate, and review the Go Balls Two Four Seven Podcast. There's that button, and now I can say. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content. 
tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.